Hey guys, it's Murph here. Before uh, we get to the show, I just wanted to formally apologize for the quality of the upcoming episodes. Me and Matt are uh, separated by distance still, so uh, we have to communicate via phone, phone call, and uh, the quality suffers just a little bit. But if you hang in there a couple weeks, we'll be back together. We'll be able to record live in the same place, and we'll uh, the quality will be, <laughs> quality will be way better. So before uh, we got to that, just wanted to take a minute to cover the Tulo signing. Obviously, like most, I was super pro. I think it's huge for the Yankees. And I know it's you know it's not Manny Machado, Bryce Harper huge, but it's huge just in the fact that it fills a legitimate hole. And it takes it even again. I mean, we already knew Manny wanted to be a Yankee, but... You know, a few times over now, they now they have more leverage where they don't need Manny as bad. And I know for those of you that watched uh, Tulo, who's an injury prone guy, play in uh, Toronto, he was getting beat up by that turf. And, uh, you know, he was already had some injury bugs. But I, I really feel he could uh, have a really big season for the Yanks. We know the glove's still there. Just a year ago, he was a three, three and a half war player, mostly on riding his glove. So, uh, you know, in a lineup where he doesn't have to be the main guy, he can slide in in the six, seven spot you know right-handed bat he's not quite what Didi was because Didi provided that that excellent juxtaposition where he was a put the ball and play guy he was a left-hander bat he was great defense up the middle as opposed to most Yankees or at least most of their current lineup which is a lot of right-handed swing and miss and a lack of defense so Didi it's a huge loss but I think Tulo is going to be a big big part of that he loved playing in New York he he bashed the Mets if you look up his numbers playing against New York he was always an MVP candidate so I think he gets up to play in New York I think he's one of those special kind of players so I'm uh I'm really excited to see what he does and uh I need you know just looking forward to it Tulo signing was big especially you know at peanuts on the price you know he's major league minimum and you know if with with 15 16 offers on the table all in a similar range if they promise him starting time with dd out and you know he's going to play in new york which is probably i mean what most people say is his favorite team his dog's named jeter after all he wears number two for jeter you know we knew he was this was an op uh, it made sense once we saw it so yeah two out of the yanks i think is actually a bigger deal than even most people are making it and uh cover the apology about the quality of the upcoming shows sorry again and uh, other than that just a quick shout out to a friend of the pod jake who has his own podcast called let's talk about it l-e-t-z let's talk about it uh it's more of a freestyle covers whatever kind of wanders into his brain and a good guy and it's a good show you know if you got free time at work shooting the shit or you're just driving around you know a minute and give it a listen so yeah that's our buddy jake's got his own pod just a quick shout out for him and uh hope you enjoy the show Hey guys, what is up? Oh my gosh, I've missed talking to you fuckers. Oh man, Brennan and I have been apart because of college break. Uh, B-Dog's been up in New York. I've been down here in the hills of Virginia. We've been facing a little bit of technical difficulties. Um, mostly on my part. Um, no cell service and the Wi-Fi's uh, quite spotty. That's okay. Um, we're living it here in Virginia. Virginia... Got a, got a strange logo. Um, New York says, you know, iHeart 
New York. Yeah, put that shout out on a t-shirt. Like it. Virginia's is Virginia is for lovers. So mm. I just all the listeners just just get in here real close, just around my arm. I just want to whisper something in the ear. I love you. Okay, Brendan, get in here. Let's make this less weird. What's up? How are we doing? <laughs> Good brother. How are you? How, how's the state of lovers? It's just cupids everywhere. Feels good, doesn't it? It does. Everyone's actually there's so much crazy. love in the air that it feels like everyone's related. It's it's pretty darn close. It's a lot of people saying, "Hey, cousin," and you know, I don't look That's anything like. I'm gonna remove this whole section of the pod, probably. <laughs> Please do, my sir. Let's get down to some baseball. Fuck yeah! Finally. Okay, uh, so lots happened since our separation. But uh, MLB dot com posted a, a a fascinating tidbit with uh, you know that fun little videos you can swipe through uh, talking about the uh, the dynamic duos, possibly the best one two punch coming out of uh, any MLB team's bullpen. And uh, me and Matt thought like you know let's take what they've got, add a team or two, and chop it up a little bit and actually take a look and see you know is do we agree? And could we come up with a consensus top three, let's say, out of our five that we're going to take a look at today? Right, right, right. Thoughts, Matt? Thoughts? Okay, so Matt. Yes, yes, yes. You remember the post? I do. All cre- credit to MLB, MLB, uh, MLB's Instagram. Yes, yeah, sure good uh, stuff. Good, always. The guys, they get, got a good sense of humor, the guys or gals who are running it. Uh, I love okay. their comments, how they just, like, will hit oh, people yeah, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they clap back, but, like, in a polite way that's not going to get them blogged about. But just enough people can laugh. I just, who's ever yeah. running their media account, uh, tip of the cap. Bravo. Yeah, you're doing well. All right, so they had, uh, they themselves had the mess with uh, Familia and uh, Sugar, Edwin Diaz. His nickname is <laughs> Sugar. Were you aware of that? I wasn't before, but I kind of love it. Don't you? And then they got you got to have the Yanks with Batances and Chapman, the two biggest dudes. The, they'd be the biggest dudes on any team except for the Yankees, who have just like I don't know. Is there a team? Sorry, obviously we're gonna sidebar a lot. Is there a team that would be more feared in a bench clearing brawl than the Yankees currently? As much as it hates me to say this, um, the Red Sox got some big boys over there. When Joe yeah. Kelly. Threw, threw down last year, and yeah. thank God he did, because the Yankees and Red Sox haven't fought in a minute, and I was getting pissed about it. Yeah. Everyone's, you know, they're going out for golfing outings and dinner after. No, fuck that. Oh, yeah. That sucks. Dude, anyway. yeah, the, day, the day baseball players start, start jersey swapping, I'm going to get sad. Yeah, enough of that. Okay. Just can't have it. No, I, I respect the Red Sox, but the rivalry is too great for, like, yeah. You know, Oh, it's good for it baseball. It is. All right. It is. So, yeah, well, I mean, Stan, I would say I would say Stan and Judge are going to be frightening. I think honestly, Batances and Chapman are not that scary because they move. If you watch them, they move like horses, like old stiff horses. They they kind of jog from the hip. Their knees don't bend too much. So I don't really think they'd make it in from the bullpen in time. But I think uh, I I I definitely believe Aaron Judge would just be holding three players at once in like a big hug, just like think it through. <laughs> Like okay, okay, fine. I'm I'm relaxed, but Brett Gardner would be cracking skulls. Yeah, hard. I could see Stanton getting after it too. I could see I could see Stanton being like, I didn't have any of this in Miami. 
<laughs> Finally. Yeah. Just to wind it up. They'd be a hell of a basketball team. Jesus. All right. So anyway, we got yeah. All so we got the Mets, the Yanks. <laughs> they got the Cardinals now that they added that big lefty Andrew Miller. Andrew Miller and uh, Hicks, the fireballing youngster. Then we got jo- Josh Hader and uh, Jeremy Jeffries out of uh, from you know uh, the Brewers. And then uh, we threw in. I, I don't know where they listed Matt. I believe we threw in Kelly Jansen and Joe Kelly. Go right ahead of the curve. Or did they have the, if MLB had that one posted, good on them, and I, I'm sorry that we're taking credit. If not, I thought we had thought of it, but either way, we'll break these five down. So, Matt, pick one, pick a spot to start. Which of these bullpens makes you go, like, you know, let's take a closer look? Um, two really, I'll, I'll talk about three, because um, I'm a Yankees fan. I'll, I'll get to them. But the two that pop out and excite me the most, um, First and foremost, and I'll let you go into depth, mm. but I love the acquisitions of both Diaz and Familia this offseason by the Mets. I love it. Diaz was getting very little love. over. The, I mean, he was an all-star. I get it. But he was not getting the love he should have been as one of the top three closers in baseball last year. Absolutely yeah. filthy. Absolutely electric stuff. And Familia throwing 98-mile-per-hour sinkers, dropping five inches Filthy, off the yeah. plate. Disgusting. So immediately that brings to me as uh, one of the top one-two punches. I-, I love both players, and I was excited that Brody was able to upgrade your bullpen with two huge acquisitions for both reasonable amount monetary value, money-wise. Agreed. Um, yeah. Who else you got? Yeah, if you want to run through it, go no, for it. No, please. Well, if I was... If I, I might have my brief moment of uh, of aggressive mess fandom. Uh, I would say with the three with the with the two acquisitions, I'd say um, Diaz. Diaz got yeah. He, I mean, I'd say Diaz got a lot of love, but not in in the same way that like the best player on a horrible team kind of. I mean, the, the Marlins or the excuse me, the Mariners killed it through June and then kind of tripped and fell over their own success and they just couldn't hold on to it. But look. Edwin Diaz was the reason that they were that good. He was just slamming down these one run one run wins. The uh I remember I can't I can't recall the exact number, but the Mariners their like true winning percentage was supposed to be much, much lower than it was based on their like peripheral stats and the advanced analytical kind of view of their team. They should have been a below five hundred team, but they were just pulling out these one run leads where Edwin Diaz would come in and just, you know, nail in the coffin. So I'm Obviously, real excited about him. Four years of control, and for me, it's all about getting a nice light spring training where he, you know, we're coming off a serious workload, and we need him to ease his way back in, and he needs as much time as he wants to get, you know, even if he takes a little bit of early April to still get loose, and he only pitches every three days or something like that, whatever it takes for him to get warmed up and stay healthy. Familia, I saw Familia. I've been watching Familia since he was a. Uh, a top ten prospect for the Mets as a starting pitcher, and yeah, once he moved to the bullpen, he got slid in as a setup man. Then he got moved to the closer role. Finally, once uh, Henry Mejia got suspended, like for the second or third time, and uh, Familia shares a little bit of that Kimbrel DNA. The Red Sox is so familiar with where he really Hold doesn't up. light it up. Yeah, he doesn't really light it up though until there's like until the tying runs on first, <laughs> and then he's like, oh fuck, okay, I got it. So <laughs> I know, I'll throw now. I got yeah. It. Three years, three years for thirty, so ten apiece. And he'll slide in as the setup man, 
and a closer who's pitched in the World Series. Not well. Mets fans are freaking out right now. He, you know, he was boned a couple times. He didn't. He got put in rough spots, but he's pitched in the playoffs. He pitched well in the playoffs, leading to it, the World Series, and he's been a Met for his whole much of his career. So he loves being a Met too. Yeah, and he's going to be really, really good for Diaz. I think as the setup to D- for him, and I think having been a closer for the Mets that has you know well over 100 saves for them, I think it'll be a good thing. Those, I think that one-two punch is for real, and I think the Mets are one more solid piece, hopefully a lefty, from uh, from having a really, really strong bullpen. I think it's always great anytime you can have two closers, really, in the bullpen. Yeah, basically. You know, two guys that yeah. can go in and shut it down. I mean, <clears throat> as we're getting more into statistical analysis of the game, we're finding, you know, saves sometimes come in the seventh inning. And Familia has stated he has no problem going in whenever, whatever, anytime, give him the ball, and he wants to go shut it down. And then you've got yeah. Edwin in the ninth. Uh, I'm just... uh I love the acquisition of both. I'm excited to see the bullpen. And, you know, if there's any team in baseball, I mean, who needs more support in the bullpen to win those one-win games, those one-run games, excuse me, it's the yeah. Mets. Look at Jacob DeGrom. He would have been, what, 23-0 and last year if the offense? Oh, well, that's, yeah. That's a, yeah. That's a bit, of, bit of a different conversation. Anyways, um, I'm glad they got bullpen help. Um, mm-hmm. Moving on, let me do a quick tidbit on the Yankees. Um, but Kansas, rough start, kind of found it later on in the, in the season. Walking the world, wasn't he? Oh, my gosh. It was it, not an accurate guy. Throws hard. Great stuff. Um, can be one of the top relievers in baseball. Yeah, definitely some of the best stuff. Absolutely. It's just a whirlwind watching him. It's it's a headache, honestly, because you never know what you're going to get. It's not – he's freaky. Um, which is okay, you know, it's it's just, sometimes it's frustrating. Um, Chapman, Chapman's reputation, I think, got tainted um, with the Cubs in the Probably. World Series. Oh, yeah. Because he was, Joe Men was just like, you know, we've got him for a year, we're going to use him every day, and I get Absolutely. it. I, respect to the Cubs for using the player that they, yeah, they got. Cost, and, cost them an all-star. Absolutely, and Starling, you know, is that's a crazy trade. Um, Glaber Torres, yeah, that kid's for real. So, yeah, uh, you understand why they did it, but um, but still, I think, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he has an even better year this year, still coming back, you know, recovering even a year, two years later from just a heavy workload that we've seen over careers can affect players. Matt Harvey is an example. He came back, and he kind of put it out all on the line, coming back from Tommy John and going, well over 200 innings for the Mets with when you count the playoffs, and uh, that could have had long-term damage. Johan Santana had 137, I believe, pitch no hitter, but yeah. and a- after that he was never the same. So yeah, Chapman is I'm sure is uh, is still physically overcoming and learning how to adapt kind of his body and probably how to pull back to 99 and 98 and pitch rather than just throw at 102. Right, you saw you saw that a lot last season. People were worried about the velocity, not only in spring training but throughout the season. You know, yeah, like, ah, he's eighty-eight, or I'm sorry, excuse me, he's ninety-eight, ninety-nine. You know, we're not seeing the hundred all the time. It's like, well, yeah, like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. You know, we're gonna, we're gonna let yeah. this guy catch up, and you know, he still performed when we needed him to. So, I'm and I also I made a mistake there. I said Castro when I meant Torres, and I do apologize. Um, 
I'll but let let's hear from uh, from you, brother. Let's hear from your teams. Well, for me, I w- I'd like taking a look at the Cardinals. Uh, they have got a uh, they signed Andrew Miller, who uh, everyone heard me on my uh, my Han Solo podcast uh, about mm. a week ago. Well done, by the way. Thank you, thank you. It was missing our you know humorous banter, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I did I covered the basic info that was coming out. Uh, yeah, Andrew Miller, two years at twenty five to the Cards. We all know what he can do when he's healthy. I won't go over that again. But he will be setting up. I I don't want to say phenom because he didn't come up with the kind of the kind of coverage that uh, that earns the name phenom. Right. But when you're when you hit 105 twice in the same inning, eh, you know you're starting. To, we're dealing with something that is very very special. You know, pretty amazing. Full yeah. of unique athletes. So Jordan Hicks uh, is. Uh, got a live arm. The kid turned 22 in September. At the end of the season, he turned 22. So this kid's been throwing hard his whole life. Yeah, he, he, he um, excuse me. He was in 73 games, or he appeared in 73 games. 31 earned runs though, so that's good for a three, almost a 3.6 ERA, hmm. which which uh, gives off a little bit of a Syndergaard vibe to me, where he's got all the fastball in the world. But you wonder about the actual pitchability, where he's delivering the ball itself, and is it a little flat? You wonder how what the spin rate might be, and we could actually we take a look at that and find out where his spin rate lies compared to other great relievers. Mm-hmm. But um, the hard hit percentage may be a little bit higher than you'd expect from someone throwing one or two consistently. So yeah. Anyway, regardless, seventy three uh, appearances, seventy Ks. And uh, six, only six saves actually on the 2018 season. So, not the uh, he has yet to take over the closer role, but you know it's easy to see that this guy is going to be for real. And I think Andrew Miller will be a really good, uh, really good mentor for him. So I'm looking forward to see how that one-two punch develops in the uh, the stacked NL Central. It'll be interesting to see that Miller can not only mentor him through experience, but also um, you hope he teaches him to pitch a little. You know, I mean, obviously with with 105, you can blow just about anybody away, but if Miller gets in there and, you know, puts his hand on his shoulder and says, all right, let's go with a slider here, fastball, and, you know, teach him to get a couple outs, it could be real dangerous in the future. What what else you got? Well, I was just going to mention when he brought up Miller and Hicks. Uh, Hicks is third round pick in 2015, so not quite the same uh, the same chutzpah of uh, Andrew Miller. But Andrew Miller, a first round pick, so he understands. And Andrew Miller went through some serious. You know, he didn't find himself till he was in his late 20s, really, and find his real role at around 29:30 with the uh, with the Indians. And and uh, you know, like we said, he uh, those. We, I think he'll be able to really help Hicks figure it out earlier than Andrew Miller figured it out. So I think, like you said, it'll be real good for him to learn how to pitch and not just throw. So, yeah, from uh, from here, I'd actually slide over within the NL Central to the Brewers with uh, Josh Hader. I think we can all agree the best relief pitcher in the NL for sure, possibly the MLB, depending on your thoughts on uh, Edwin Diaz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's up there. Josh, he, it's a one-two conversation. That man throws hard. Lefty throwing some serious cheddar with that weird kind of lefty sidearm action. It's uh, It was amazing to watch. And almost in that DeGrom role with the hair, you almost wonder if the hair was catching people's eyes and throwing them off. 
but uh, we don't, you know, people kind of understand Josh Hader and what he's what he's about. He's, uh, I mean, the guy had uh, he only gave up 22 runs on the year. He had 143 strikeouts. That's unreal. But even more impressive to me was the WHIP. So walk and hit per inning pitch, 0.81. That's unreal. For comparison, Edwin Diaz, the most likely agreed upon best reliever in baseball last season, 0.79. And, you know, and we compare him to, let's say, Kenley Jansen, who was at about 1 or .99, depending on which uh, which um, website you check. So, yeah, you know, Jansen's an agreed upon one of the best. So these guys are a full two-tenths of, an, of a, a walker hit per inning below that. So he, he, Josh Hader was lights out, especially from a lefty-handed, a left-handed position, notched 15 saves in his belt. Kind of worked that Andrew Miller sort of stretch roll where he'd come in for six, seven, eight, nine outs if they needed him to. So yeah, he's uh he's for real. It was really great to see the Brewers about two years ago. They really started building their bullpen. You know, they were losing a lot, but you could tell they were building for the future, and it was really exciting to see last year. Obviously, with getting the MVP. And uh, yeah. yell at going crazy, but it was also nice to see, you know, the combination of of the years before of their bullpen adding pieces and and developing guys really paying off for him. Agreed. Yeah, and he, uh, him, and uh, the one two would be this, the uh, the thing one to his thing two would be Jeremy Jeffers, who uh, made his, I believe, his first All Star team this year. But I know I, I couldn't tell you exactly if it's his first, but I know he did make the All Star team, and that's another boy who throws. Hundred easy. I mean, he's throwing heat, and I know he was a he was a starter real early in his career. That kind of like Familia got. They were like, you know, I think we get a lot more out of you if instead of these five and six innings where you're kind of just sweating it out and breathing heavy, we just give you an inning, two innings to just go as hard as you can. And he had a point nine nine whip. See, oh, excuse me. Um, Earlier, I said Josh Hader had fifteen saves. It was uh, Jeremy Jeffers who had fifteen saves. And uh, anyway, so yeah, 73 appearances, 11 earned runs, a 1.29 ERA. This guy was locked in all year. So yeah, like you said, Craig Council was pulling the strings just right, and uh, the, the Brewers were locked in when it comes to the bullpen. Yeah, it's uh, 12 saves for Hader, 15 for Jeffries. Mm, mm. So phenomenal, yeah, from phenomenal stuff. Yeah, absolutely, the NL Central is stacked. When you look at the pot. Pirates can never be counted out. They're kind of like the Rays for me in the NL Central. The uh, the Cubs are obviously not to be trifled with. The Brewers have proven themselves, and the Reds have decided they're going to win some ball games. Yeah, now making, with, uh, making with, a big move with Yasiel Puig and Kemp in the lineup. Those two guys can still rake, and uh, Puig's still not. He's Puig's not an old man yet. He's still in his prime. So I expect big things from the Reds, and I think I'm kind of interested to see the dynamic between Votto and uh, and Puig. Such different styles where you see Votto, you know, just straight, stern, doing everything, you know, like to the book, and then Agreed. you you see uh, Puig out there kissing bats and bat flipping, and um, oh yeah, uh, it's gonna be odd. It's <laughs> and they're gonna be really close, right field and first base too. Oh my God! Yeah, you, well, you're gonna get so many of those Joey Votto, where he like turn or, turns around and just kind of just gonna stare at him. You know, like he's gonna, he's not gonna just sit around and just like witness the bullshit. He's really gonna get in Puig's face, and I'm kind of excited to see it. 
I am too. It'll be interesting to see uh, the dynamic of that team. Oh, Agreed. shoot. That totally reminds me. Um, uh, I had some some information on that Dodgers Reds trade that I was really excited to share with everybody, but I was, I was unable to because of uh, the technical difficulties. Um, a piece in that trade from the Reds uh, going to the Dodgers was a uh, uh, right-handed pitcher, uh, Josiah Gray, which um, Brendan covered sure. a little bit. 19th overall prospect for the Dodgers now. Yeah, really. I uh, actually had the good fortune of playing against JoJo and uh, oh boy. got to see him in person. It was funny. Um, it was his last year in college um, that we played against each other, and uh, there was two Red Scouts, the team that drafted him there. Yeah. Um, they had the gun, and it was great. JoJo was uh, he was up to 95 that day, and uh, the slider was tight as ever. Um, I've, I've read some stuff on him. uh Saying that you know they really project him as a uh, a bullpen arm, um, shorter statue, super nice kid. Um, yeah. I've met him, I've talked to him. Laid back, played in the Cape Cod League um, this summer for uh, the Anglers. Oh, um, team. that's my team. That is your team, yeah. Now, would you say when you had seen him, was he filled out yet, like a full size, full grown man, or do you think he had a lanky frame with room to grow physically? He he was hmm. That's a good question. He was, it felt like he, he's making the transition when I saw him from lengthy to full grown men. You know, he was, I, okay, I was, yeah. he was like 30% so he there. He put on some weight. He did, yeah. He, he was looking good. Uh, All right, strong, cool. that kind of thing. So I think he's well on his way and, uh, yeah. I'm just excited to see him in the future. Okay, yeah, I'm always curious, uh, when I, when you look at a, you, you can look at a, a younger a prospect's body and you can kind of tell if they're still in that, kind of man-child body or if they're full-grown and filled out you know that i know a lot of a lot of scouts have a, a lot of scouts have told me that that's kind of there you can look at the parents and then you look at the student or the, the, the child for example that's playing and you can see in the body how much more growth they've got based on mom and dad quite often and you know just just in the way they play whether i know like jeter for example mentally was ready they were like oh this kid's a pro but physically, you look at him and you're like, he's like a string bean, you know? But then right. you put on 10, 15 healthy pounds, usually, mostly usually in the legs and core for a middle infielder especially. And, uh, yeah, and you can just see the difference when you're like, oh, that's a full-grown, finished, polished piece. So, yeah, I'm always interested in seeing where a player is physically when before they're drafted versus now. Can you imagine the scouts when they went to... <laughs> when they were snooping around, like, to see Strowman's dad or Bryce Harper's dad, and they were like, holy oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, those two guys are freaking units. Yeah, I, but I always, I'm always drawn to the players like Mookie Betts, you know? Like, you have to think that a player like that, he just looked so much better playing the game than anyone else that it overcame the fact that he was 5'9", probably 170 when they, you know, when he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you know, just 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 best player on the field. Everything he hits is a, is a shot. Plays probably center or probably probably he plays shortstop. You know, <laughs> can do it all. Super that athletic, kind of talented player. Yeah. Sometimes so, you've got a ball player, which is hard to to make sense of statistically. Absolutely. You know, it's it's hard to grade. You know, and some, sometimes you just got a ball player. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bedray, got, for example. We're starting. We don't. We don't want to dive too deep, but yeah, like you're kind of reaching that area that I like to. I really love that little debated area of 
you reach a point where you say like, okay, we now we need to put the numbers away and look at the player himself, watch him play the game. How does he react to things? Because it's really you can't put a number. You know, I know we've got different clutch ratings and stuff, but you can't put a number to the way you can watch a player. You know, take a deep breath in that kind of moment with like Big Poppy or Gier. You know, there is anyone that's played the game knows that there is a point where you're using the numbers to either confirm something you're seeing or to or to you know more to, in in a more contradictory way you'll see it something and think okay but the numbers don't say that what's the, what's going on here so i think we always come up against a wall where you need to start physically viewing the game you know through eyes that have seen a lot of players and you start to see the difference between a guy who's got it and a guy who you know cracks under the pressure a uh, you know apologies you're one of my favorites but billy bean when it comes to a first round pick that just doesn't have it upstairs, maybe. Right. And he was he's it's funny, you know, he was one of these examples and the self recognition to find out, you know, like, all right, the, that is, you know, some of the ways you gotta do it, but let's marry that with numbers and, and see where Absolutely. we can find a good happy medium. Totally get it. Love love the topic. Um love it. Um anyway, right, so from here let's head let's head west. So we've covered Mets, Yanks, so we got a little bit of that East love. We went central with Cardinals and Brewers, and now we've got new setup man. I assume setup man, but maybe they try him in the maybe they you know spot start him. Who knows? They're very creative. But Joe Kelly to the Dodgers, setting up Kenley Jansen, who's I would think we we could all agree is a top minimum top five, probably top three closer in the game. I was gonna say top three. I couldn't agree more with you. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So yeah, that's uh, I mean, and Jansen was pretty much himself. He just had heart surgery, so prayers but uh, i i've uh i've read that it went well so here's hoping he comes back ready to pitch whenever whenever he does i don't know if he'll be ready for spring training i think he will i think that's what i've read but you know whenever you're dealing with something that serious you want to take your time but yeah he jansen was his uh was his his scary self you know uh 80 no that's that's the wrong number jesus 0.99 whip and uh, a just three pretty much on the nose, 3.01 ERA, and 38 saves. So getting down with his bad self, Kenley Jansen was as good just as another ever. Year, just another year be a dominant. Absolutely. And Joe Kelly kind of uh, fits in that mold with, uh, you know, not quite the same uh, polish or the same, you know, hoopla about him. But Joe Kelly's got that flaming fastball that touches up near where Jordan Hicks is. But uh, Joe Kelly... Kind of had a rough actual regular season, right? You know, he I think he had a plus. I think his ERA was over four, but he turned into a huge piece in the playoffs. And I think the Dodgers are hoping they bottled up a little magic, kind of in that Dan Murphy 2015 Mets, where like, you know, this isn't just him hot getting hot. They think he might have corrected something, and will continue to do that like Murph did with the Nats. Right, I'm. Oh my gosh, I'm a huge, huge Joe Kelly fan. Um, love the mentality. Oh, I do. I, I love. He's a great clubhouse guy. I don't know if you ever seen uh, anyone out there's got to check out his uh, spring trading pranks with the Red Sox. He goes around and uh, as a fake reporter and has fun with everybody. It's, it's a really yeah. good time. Um, great clubhouse guy. Uh, started with St. Louis. Was a starter. Came over to the Red Sox, you know, found his nits in the bullpen, electric stuff, uh, great fastball, great flow, by the way. Um, big Joe Kelly fan, 
can't wait to see him off the Red Sox because he was so damn good. And uh, much respect. And I think that Jansen Kelly setup, if he does end up pitching the eighth, uh, I think that could be top three in baseball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They are they are absolutely nasty. And, yeah, uh, like you were saying, I love the attitude of Joe Kelly. He seems to be a great clubhouse guy. There's articles written about when he was with the Cardinals and just about, like, the ten things people like most about him. And, you know, I know he was big in the Red Sox. And uh, I'm looking at right now just an article that was written about that. One of the first times I saw it when uh, – Scott Van Slyke, outfielder for the Dodgers, and Joe Kelly had a, uh, a standoff after the uh, national anthem. The national, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Yeah. Joe and Kelly they, won uh, that, they, didn't he? I believe so. They both just stood there for upwards of eight, nine, ten minutes after the uh, <laughs> after the, after the uh, song had ended, and then yeah, they were going at it. But yeah, Joe Kelly, needless to say, seems to be a great clubhouse guy, and. Even filthier pitches, or filthier fastball, I should say. So, here's hoping the Dodgers can stay healthy and actually finish one off in 2019. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. Those, those are. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. What did you have to say? No, not at all. I was just gonna say it's, it's painful watching them throw so much money at a team that's gotten so well, close for two. It's, yeah. It just hurts. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Well, go I, ahead. I, fully, I fully expect to see them in the playoffs next year. Yeah. So those are our five. Uh, those are five dynamic duos that we took, you know, a little bit of a deeper dive into and kind of talked about what we liked about them and what we expect from them. So now, Matt, we've so I'll run them one more time: Mets, Yankees, Cardinals, Brewers, Dodgers. If you had to pick a one, two, three out of it, one being best, what would you, what would your choice be? For number one or one, two, three? Let's go three, two. Start from the bottom. Give me your third of those five. No, no, let's just take all five. Screw. Give me all five of them. Five, four, all three, five? Four, okay, yeah. I'm going to go so, number so one. Mean, obviously, we're talking about probably the fifth best bullpen in baseball, or, you know, somewhere in the top seven, at least, these five are. So, Absolutely, yeah. No, top notch. Top smart guys. Um, all right. One. Oh, I, don't, I hope I don't leave anybody out, but, but uh, let me know. One is going to be Dodgers. Number one? Yeah. Okay. Yep. I like it. Two, I'm going to take the Mets. All right. Three, I'm going to go with the Brewers. All righty. Four, I'm going to go with St. Louis. Uh, are you really putting the Yankees at five? I'm really putting the Yankees at five. Now, are we just judging the one-two, or the we're just judging their one-two, right, not the bullpen? That's Yeah, just the one-two, okay. no bullpen. Okay, because the Yankees would have a deeper bullpen, I, I believe, for sure, than most of these guys. Oh, I think we've got a, a top three bullpen. In- Definitely, yeah. Another arguably, team arguably off, number one. Agreed, yeah. Oh, for sure. They're <laughs> but I, a team uh, that was left off, actually, the Astros, you could definitely consider in this. But I know uh, their closer dealt with a couple of Ken Giles, dealt with a little bit of a mental thing. I think you had to go down to AAA at some point. But if everyone's healthy, yeah, they got a lot of talent there, too. But yes, um, for me, if I go... If I go one, two, one, you know, one top to bottom, one through five. Yeah. Give me the Brewers for one, Hader like and Jeffries. That. Yep. Two, I'll take the Mets. Yep. Three, I'll take the Yankees. Okay. Four, the Dodgers. And okay. five, the Cardinals. Alright. So, so we agree both that the Mets have the second best one, two in the majors. I believe they do. I believe Familia and Diaz are uh, 
are pretty nasty. You know, if everyone's healthy on this list, I think that that's, you know, one of the more dangerous eighth, ninth innings in baseball. Huh? I agree with you. There we go. I do. Alrighty. You want to wrap it? <laughs> or do you, do you have anything else to add? No, I'm just uh, I'm ecstatic to be back and and talking to everybody. So that was a uh, that was really good. Thank you, Brendan. Thank you as always. Absolutely. Yeah, we we apologize if there was any uh, a slight lack in quality. We uh will be recording uh, with a much better equipment in just a few weeks. So bear with us, and once we get to the end of January. We are going to be coming hot and fast, and there will be more uh, more pods than you guys actually want to listen to. So settle in. <laughs> yeah, we're going to be uh, on the regular uh, weekly, probably about twice a week with uh, better equipment. Um, if you have any questions or anything or we messed up at all or you just want to say hi, please feel free to hit up our email, or you can find us on you know Twitter and Instagram and Patreon, and um, we're all over the Internet. Um yeah, Brendan? Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if you're listening now, you've found us already. But, yeah, it's Inside the Park Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else. And if you can't find it on your favorite app, email us at ITTPod. Is it ITTPod, Matt, or is it Inside the Park? Nope, ITTPod. There you go. Email us at ITTPod, and we will find where it is that you like to listen to it, and we will get it there. And, yeah, as Matt said, Twitter, Instagram, follow, DM us. You know, we'll do a... We'll do a whole episode just called, you know, fuck-ups and boo-boos, where we just talk about the shit that you guys called us on that we did wrong. So, you know, we got no problem talking about it. So, yeah, keep the show rolling. You know, thanks for listening, guys. Appreciate it, as always. Um, all right. We're out. All right. All right. Yep. Deuces. <laughs>